Welcome to 10.5, the official podcast of the OPP Association. I'm your co-host, Scott Mills. And I'm Josh Jutras. We are the Strategic Communications Coordinators for the OPP Association. The OPP Association is the sole bargaining agent for the close to 10,000 uniformed and civilian members of the Ontario Provincial Police in Ontario, Canada. We also serve the interests of our retired members and their families. The goal of our podcast is to get the word out to our members and any member of the public about issues that affect policing in Ontario, and in particular, issues that impact the careers and lives of our OPP Association members. On today's episode, we have a director of OPP Fleet Supply and Weapon Services, Acting Superintendent Robin McEachern, and the new director of Fleet Services and Garage Operations, Rick Andrews. Thank you uh, both and welcome to the 10.5 Podcast. Thanks, Josh and Scott. It is great to be here. Thanks very much for the invitation, Josh and Scott. It's nice to be able to reach out to our members with important information about our fleet. And thanks both for joining us, and I appreciate your time. And what we thought we'd do for this one is uh, turn this entire thing over to Robin and Rick and have a discussion wherever they want to go with this uh, that will hopefully give members an in-depth update on the OPP fleet. I know if you go back to the spring board meeting, which is I think the last time I've heard about fleet, fleet is a big deal for the membership right now, and they've got a lot of questions. So we're really looking forward to having, uh, having both of you on here today. You good with that, Robin and Rick? I'm good with it if Rick is. <laughs> sure, I'm good with it. It kind of feels a little bit like a job interview all over again, but uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, with that, Robin, I will uh, I will turn the uh, host chair over to you. Well, thanks so much, Josh. It's such a good opportunity to be here on the 10.5 podcast to introduce our new OPP, Deputy Director of Fleet Services and Garage Operations, Rick Andrews, and discuss... Fleet Supply and Weapons Services Bureau, FSWSB's current fleet renewal status. So Rick, would you like to start by introducing yourself to everyone? Absolutely, thank you Robin. So my name is Rick Andrews, I'm the Deputy Director of Fleet and Garage Operations. I recently joined the OPP from the Office of the Fire Marshal where I was an Operations Manager within Fire Investigation Services. My background in law enforcement really began back in 2002 uh, with York Regional Police where I was an analyst there and one of the other functions that I eventually performed for YRP was uh, Fleet Services Supervisor where I oversaw the vehicles for York Regional Police including frontline patrol, covert and special operation vehicles. That's great. Thanks, Rick. It's so nice that your background blends so well with the work that we have uh, ahead of us. So I'm going to get us started right off the top. We have a supply chain shortage the, re the same way as the rest of the globe. And in that, uh, we have vehicle renewal or fleet renewal challenges. So based on your time since you came to FSWSB, can you comment a little bit on that? I am very aware as I have come into this role as Deputy Director for Fleet and Garage Services that our current fleet renewal plan has experienced supply chain delays with automotive manufacturers that are well beyond our control. This has really resulted in the rising number of over mileage vehicles with the priority for us being to resolve this. Hopefully this discussion will inform our members about our plan to address these issues. That's right, and I'm going to jump in there with a little bit of background. So to understand our current number of over-mileage cars in the field, we need to be aware of the factors that led up to this and then talk about what we're doing to resolve our current situation. So 
as a lot of things begin with at the start, uh, FSWSB led a procurement process to acquire the mobile workstations, the universal mounts, and uh, these are required in all of our frontline vehicles. There were some challenges, um, as the rest of the world has experienced with supply chain, and the problems getting the parts increased along with the work to get the contract established really delayed our ability to make frontline vehicles. This was a part that uh, we didn't have any other options for, and so we, uh, we were involved in a protracted procurement and then extended delivery based on that global supply chain. Not only that, but the global shortage in all parts uh, impacted everything in garage and fleet. There were uh, COVID-19 uh, COVID resulted in factory shutdowns, lack of transportation, and delay in transporting parts. So it's meant that garage operations has really been um, delayed in the builds for our frontline vehicles. There was, uh, during the initial days of COVID, a very short-term impact where there was a requirement by public health standards to reduce the staffing levels here at General Headquarters. Garage operations uh, had to reduce their staffing to create alternate shifts, have smaller imprint in General Headquarters. Those have since changed um, and we are really pleased to be able to be back up to full strength. So our current situation of a number of growing uh, vehicles over the mileage threshold hasn't happened overnight, but it has to do with a lot of multiple events. Of course, COVID being one of those impacts, but it's really been a, a making in the, in the last two years. So those have been some of the primary factors inhibiting our production. Okay, thanks for that, Robin. Uh, now I have a question for you that I hear all the time. So what has the OPP already done that will help address the challenges in the field with fleet vehicles well beyond their mileage threshold, such as increased repairs? So you really hit the nail on the head there. We've recognized uh, the potential disruption to frontline services due to the extension of use of serviceable vehicles, and we've taken a number of steps. We have made this fleet renewal our primary focus here in FSWSB. Uh, we've resolved the staffing issues, as I mentioned, in garage operations, reopening all workstations as soon as was safely possible, and actually increased the number of our technicians in the garage. We've worked with our business management bureau to secure the much needed parts uh, that were a part of that protracted procurement, and are already working on more robust purchasing agreements in the future to reduce the delays that we experienced. Our fleet administrators have worked hard on creating better ways to identify the priority of vehicles that need to come off the road, making sure that the, road, the vehicles that need to come off the road soonest are the ones that are being replaced earliest. We also have worked on some data analytics. So we've completed and, and provided a fleet optimization report to easily demonstrate the balance of vehicle utilization. So this is really important when we start to look at ensuring that there's an even balance of use across our vehicles for the best optimal usage of our vehicles and replacement of our vehicles. So these quarterly reports are um, on our intranet. They're available for everyone to look at. You can drill right down to the detachment or your unit level to see where the vehicle usage on a quarterly basis is landing. I can tell you that during the value for money audit uh, that happened in 2019, 
the auditor looked at our fleet and made some findings that between 2019 and 2021, the OPP underutilized, and their definition of underutilized was uh, 1,400 kilometers uh, or less monthly. And they identified that between 16% and 30% of our frontline fleet was underutilized. Now, that's not uh, a picture that tells the whole vehicle story. And we are really working hard to ensure that we use better data to truly describe how much our vehicles actually work and what the needs are for our vehicles. So as well as vehicle mileage threshold increased, uh, fleet conducted a review and our fleet administrators introduced a maintenance plan to maximize our fleet. So the area fleet representatives send out maintenance notifications to ensure that those vehicles that are being extended, the lives of those vehicles that are being extended are supported with uh, increased maintenance, which most definitely is an increased cost, but it's about keeping our vehicles safe for our members on the road. We also have a production team that has been initiated to help manage workflow, to look at how we can expedite our frontline builds for vehicle replacements, ensuring touch points along that production, that purchase to production to delivery are, are efficient and um, effective in getting our frontline vehicles out. The, uh, the other challenge has been that our parts and our ability to get parts. So our area fleet reps have been working with detachments to assist with acquiring uh, manufacturers original parts. We use those in all of our vehicles to ensure the safety, security, because we know that those parts are proven with them. We're looking at opportunities to source parts that may not be manufacturers um, original parts, but we wanna make sure we're only doing those in non-safety component ways. So our area fleet reps in our current environment, as we look towards the future of other options for parts, have excellent connections across the manufacturing um, spectrum. So they are, are able to reach out and connect with manufacturers to sometimes get access to parts that some of our local garages that are fixing our vehicles can't. So for anyone that's at a detachment right now with a vehicle that's been down in the shop for quite some time, I would really encourage that outreach to their area fleet rep. You can find out who it is by going on fleet services intranet, reaching out and saying, hey, we're waiting on this part and we have a vehicle that's down. And you know that's our number one tool, our vehicles on our road. So what can you do to help us? And uh, our AFRs have been doing a really good job. The other thing that's happening right out right now out in East Region is our technicians from uh, Garage Operations are working with um, the in-car body camera project. And they are looking at every one of the vehicles during the installs of those in-car cameras. They are giving that vehicle a once over, making recommendations for maintenance, and they're also giving feedback into garage operations and fleet services to let us know what they're seeing from the technician perspective on our vehicles. So as the project has potential to expand, our OPP technicians will be able to touch each of our frontline cars with a focus on vehicle safety. That's, that's a lot. Thank you for that. Uh, Robin, are there any problems that 
FSWSB has identified that may still potentially delay vehicles being delivered to the field now that COVID restrictions are mostly lifted? Yeah, Rick, there are definitely a lot of moving parts when it comes to um, all the work done in fleet services and garage operations. And I can tell you, our folks here, they are so committed and dedicated. That said, we still have part shortages. We have delays in transportation that affect our build schedules. We have uh, labor shortages across our parts and manufacturing sector that limits what we receive. So even though we're working to resolve these issues, we know it's going to take time before we move back to a more normal, predictable schedule. We're still seeing challenges with things like lock boxes um, for newly acquired vehicles, radio parts like antennas. The radio installation in our vehicles is also um, something that uh, creates quite a challenge in our production. It's a third party vendor and like all vendors, they're experiencing similar labor and parts challenges that delay our abilities to get our vehicles to the front line. So we're working with all of our partners. Um, everyone is focused on the goal and understanding the importance of the commitment to that frontline officer community safety and uh, the dedication the, the dedication to that goal uh, is there and we're working to it. I also will say much like our frontline um, has been responding to emergency events that have been happening on a more frequent basis across our province. So has our members in fleet and garage. Um, and I can tell you they do so with exceptional pride to ensure that the tools that are needed to respond are there. Uh, but it, it does have an impact on our ability to build, taking resources away to make sure we've got uh, the tools we need at those type of emergence events. So with my background as a former coordinator of the Integrated Analysis Unit for York Regional Police, can you tell me more about what FSWSB is doing with the messaging of fleet optimization and how we want people to balance usage of vehicles? Yeah, so we're committed to helping the front line by providing them with the best information they need to best use their fleet resources. As I mentioned, we publish a quarterly vehicle optimization report that contains the reported mileage from vehicles across the province, which clearly shows which vehicles um, are being underutilized or which are being overutilized. Uh, our folks are doing a great job. Compliance on reporting monthly has increased through the reporting cycle. Right now, it's about 94%. So what that means is that we're getting a really accurate picture uh, of in-field, the vehicle usage and opportunities to balance and optimize our fleet management with those best practices. So I'll give you an example. When we drilled down into this data, we looked at the Ford Taurus vehicles. So uh, right up front, I'm gonna say there are definitely challenges with the Ford Tauruses. Um, I, my experience is some people love them, though I haven't met as many of those people have I, as I have, as people who don't enjoy them whatsoever. So just to give you a snapshot, the data we're getting from the reported mileage is that the Ford Taurus frontline vehicle is the single most underutilized vehicle in our fleet. There are 555 Tauruses on the road right now, ranging in age between five to nine years old. Only 271 of those vehicles are averaging over our benchmark of 1,600 kilometers a month, and none of them are above 
the 7,500 kilometers that would put them in the overuse level. So what this means is that more than half the vehicles are under 1,600 kilometers a month and that all of them could be used more often. So what does that mean? Well, by not using the Ford Tauruses, it makes it difficult to have them replaced because newer vehicles are being used well beyond their recommended thresholds and become identified for replacement sooner than the Taurus. So you can see the cycle that we get into. So I'm not denying the challenges with the Ford Taurus that uh, we're thankful it's not a model that um, our members, that we have available for our members now, but the underutilization seriously impedes efforts to renew the fleet. It's a significant issue having these vehicles in our fleet while we run out of newer models that are more popular and driven more. But uh, on a positive, um, I wanna add that um, for our frontline vehicles, we are shifting our ratio of sedans to SUVs. So previously, uh, detachments had a ratio of 60% sedan and 40% SUV. That ratio is being shifted to 30% sedan and 70% SUV. I can say that increasing our SUVs over sedans certainly increases our cost, but it's a shift that will increase our vehicle's capability of higher mileage, ensuring more long-term fleet stability. Awesome. Thank you, Robin. I think that really gives me a clear understanding of the current status and what we are doing to overcome these obstacles and, and move towards and continue to provide a safe, uh, reliable fleet for our frontline members. Great. Well, it's uh, welcome aboard, and I I'm, I know you've you're got all the the background and the courage to tackle this head on. So maybe at this point in time, we could turn it back over to Josh and Scott for some questions for us before we sign off. Well, you are you're sharing a lot of information with us, Sarah Robin. You're pretty brave. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're the union, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> it's a really good thing that we can all get together and discuss the issues like at the OPP AGM and the spring executive because you know what? We're totally in this together um, and, and not one of us can resolve this. It's a working relationship and we look forward to working together to really our focus is, is the same. We have a shared goal. Our members having the best tools to keep them safe and in turn keep the public safe. Well said on that one. And uh, first question over here, what's the message to the frontline officer at the detachment level who comes to work but can't get out on the road because there's just no vehicle available? Yeah, it's uh, that's a, a terrible spot for an officer to be in that uh, is that has work to do. And um, our vehicles are our most utilized tool. They're the tool in the toolbox that without... Uh, we're really limited. So we are focused and committed on frontline fleet renewal. The goal is to renewal, but we know that that's going to take some time. So in the meanwhile, our area fleet reps are engaged and available to assist with working with field to get the vehicles where they're needed. So sometimes that might mean some juggling um, when there is a need at a certain detachment over another. And sometimes that might mean identifying vehicles like a Ford Taurus that has opportunity to be utilized more. But the, the piece of it that I think is most important is we are all in it together and focused on that same goal 
and will continue to work hard for a better outcome. I think that's a, it's, it's pretty true. I, I had the opportunity to sit in on these discussions um, at both the uh, OPPA AGM and the spring executive meeting. And, and there is a really good dialogue that goes on amongst the leadership uh, between the association and the, and the OPP. And I'm really glad that we're able to kind of share that dialogue here at the podcast so that the, uh, the rest of the members who aren't at those meetings can hear what's going on. So thanks a lot to Robin and Rick for doing this. Um, my question here uh, is about the high number of vehicles that seem to get damaged from crashes. Uh, it seems like every week uh, there's an OPP cruiser that's damaged uh, one way or the other. Sometimes it hits the news, sometimes it doesn't. But um, uh, working on the road as an OPP officer is often a very dangerous job, as we know. Um, the OPP covers a vast, vast area here in Ontario, Canada, and we often hear of the OPP cruisers being hit on the side of the road, severely damaged. Is there a plan in place to address those immediate vehicle shortages when a vehicle is damaged in a crash at the detachment level? Thanks for the question, Scott. I'll, uh, I'll take a stab at that. So within fleet and garage services, we actually have a production schedule. So our production schedule includes priorities on how we deploy our vehicles to the field once they're uh, fully built. So we actually place motor vehicle collision damaged vehicles uh, replacements as the greatest priority. Uh, so that's something that our area fleet reps would uh, be notified about and they would automatically um, insert into our production schedule that uh, greater priority exists than something perhaps that's already on the floor. In addition, Mike Adair, who is one of the OPPA directors, sits on our provincial fleet committee and has been tabling these challenges with our fleet committee uh, for quite some time and is working with us to, to develop other strategies to reduce any shortages due to uh, collision downtimes and such. Thank you both for uh, joining us on the podcast. Um, this is obviously an issue that's really at the top of the line for the top of the mind, excuse me, uh, for the front line. So we're uh, very grateful that you've uh, taken the time for us today. Uh, thanks so much for having us. Thanks very much. We were really uh, pleased to be able to discuss these efforts with you folks. Well, now that now that I know Mike Adair is on this fleet committee, maybe we got to get him and uh, do you a, a follow up on this podcast. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think he'd be game. He's, he's yep. very vocal at that table. I didn't even know he was on it. So, uh, so Mike, if you're out there listening, uh, we're coming for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we started this thing on the podcast uh, not too long ago um, because we, we're getting a lot of people viewing this podcast. We've got over 30,000 downloads this year on, on our podcast. Uh I think 62 issue, uh, episodes now. So we know that people are listening to this and we, we often as people inside the organization, we kind of have wishes, you know, I wish this could happen. And we want to try and uh, get the word out there to make some of this stuff happen. So Robin, if you had a magic wand, what would be your three wishes? <laughs> what a great question. Well, first of all, congratulations on the success of the podcast. I think uh, communication with field 
is always, um, you know, it's like a unicorn. It's a mystery. How do we, how do we, you know, communicate all that we're doing, but also communication goes two ways. How do we hear from field? And Scott, I got to say, that's one of the things I really appreciate about those, uh, the AGM and the executive spring board meeting, because um, I welcome that dialogue. And, and our folks in field are really the people that have the best lens to give us feedback and to identify opportunities. So um, I think, you know, one of my wishes would be we have the provincial fleet committee that we talked about. There's representatives from every region on that committee. And I would really encourage members that have ideas or they have concerns relating to fleet to engage those representatives to bring those pieces to the table. Uh, because, you know, we are truly all in this together and we can't do it alone. And, and that lens from the front line is extremely valuable. I think the next thing I would wish for is around that roadside safety. I think, you know, when I get the numbers in the beginning of the week about how many frontline builds we did last week, and then I see the number of crashes, um, you know, I try not to be demoralized first by the impact that it has on our members for their safety. And then secondly, kind of that secondary impact of the safety of now there's another vehicle um, sitting out, not being replaced because we're replacing the, um, the collision, the vehicle that was involved in the collision. So um, I'm really aligned with that work that the committee's taking on uh, to look at enhanced roadside safety for our members. And then I think I would look at, you know, parts and access to parts. It, uh, it has to be really frustrating in a community where you have a limited number of vehicles and you can't get the parts to fix the vehicle to get it back out on the road and I, I a wish would be that manufacturers prioritized parts when there was a need within public safety which we certainly have and I think a global supply shortage uh, should be where that prioritization comes to a head and is action so that uh, the vehicles that keep us safe are the vehicles that are serviced first. So those would be my three wishes. Thanks for that, uh, Rick. Uh, last words to you, your three wishes. Thank you. Um, first wish, I think that rising fuel costs can truly be a challenge for us. And it's not just for budget forecasting, but also for all of our members who are driving to and from workplaces and such every day. So from a fleet perspective, in an absolute perfect world, I would love to see quicker development of hybrid and, and or sort of e-police vehicles, uh, both to make us less reliant on fossil fuel energy, but also to make us a better environmental citizen. Um, secondly, I would like it if all of our, if our organization had uh, sort of felt the same pride in our police fleet as we, uh, we feel here. So in my short time, I have had the ability to witness the incredible knowledge, skills, and abilities of the staff in fleet and garage services, and the pride that they have when selecting, purchasing, building vehicles, when they're processing collision claims, and even supplying vehicles uh, from our motor pool. So it would be really terrific if our organization truly understood that our fleet and garage staff are working their absolute best every day to put and keep our vehicles on the road. And, and thirdly, 
I would really like to see all three of the automotive manufacturers involved in police pursuit vehicles align themselves so that vehicles systems such as the anti-theft uh, settings are the same regardless of the vehicle brand, year or manufacturer. It would really make the operation of these vehicles a little simpler for our frontline personnel who are presently being required to recall uh, a variety of procedures depending on the vehicle that they are operating. So having one procedure for all would be truly terrific. Uh, and that's it for me. Thanks to both of you. Uh, thank you. Acting Superintendent Robin McEachern is the Director of the OPP's Fleet Supply and Weapon Services. Deputy Director of Fleet Services and Garage Operations, Rick Andrews, thank you both for doing this. And uh, I do smell a follow-up episode in the future, so I hope uh, we can do this again soon. Thank you very much. That is our episode for this week. New episode drops next Friday. And all episodes are always available on our blog at oppa.ca slash media. If you like what you hear, please use the subscribe button on your podcast platform so you never miss an episode. For Scott Mills, I'm Josh Jutris, and from everyone here at the OPP Association, thanks for listening, and be safe.